right. Well, you are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie. And we have margaritas today. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Back to our roots. Yes. Do you have a shot? <laughs> no. I still have that. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that. <laughs> nasty tequila in the freezer i have not oh restocked i gotcha on tequila i gotcha or i'll limes. take a sip of water with everybody if you guys want to take a shot oh. one two three go ah it's so refreshing <laughs> and uh I non-alcoholic chugged, yeah i chugged <laughs> my margarita with you guys so that works yeah oh maybe oh, i shouldn't man. have chugged it uh. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a good idea. That now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My heart just went, whoa, what the fuck? Like, you normally <laughs> just sip. Like, oh, goodness. That's funny. Yeah. Last night, <gasps> I actually had three margaritas and a glass of wine. Um, wow. Yeah. You were in a place then. I was. <laughs> I was in a serious place, especially like doing research for what we're doing today. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that we're doing this episode today because I needed it. Because I'm starting yeah. to. Yeah. But I, anyway. I enjoyed this one. Um, uh, yeah. I had a much easier time this week than I did last week. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that you might. <coughs> this is your yeah. real house. Yes, definitely. Can um, can we so tell quick, a let's what? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> can we tell a quick story about the first time we tried to record this episode? We can, we can, <laughs> we can when we get to it. Okay, <laughs> when we get after we say what we're talking about, okay. we can. But let's talk about some good things. Do you yeah. have any good things? I do, I do. Um, I finished. By the way, everybody, we're still in quarantine and we are still remote loop recording. Mm-hmm. Just in case anyone's concerned, it is. <laughs> You all Continue, can sorry. almost always bet that we're remote recording just because of how busy we've been this whole year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I finished Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered uh, by the girls at MFM. Gals at MFM, I should say. <laughs> um, and I loved it. Um, I do recommend that everybody reads it. Or at least, like, listen it's, to it on Audible, or... Yeah, it's it's on Audible. They read it themselves. It's a fantastic book. I'm not totally finished with it yet. I think I'm, like, three-quarters of the way through. Because mm-hmm. I'm also not just reading to fall asleep. I'm also cross-stitching and stuff. Yeah. So, it's kind of down to what I'm in the mood for at night. Um, And honestly, like, it's really great to read just kind of chapter for chapter. It's not one that really... I mean, it can consume you, and, and it has, you know, a few times, but... It's also a great, like, slow-paced read for people Mm -hmm. who aren't just like, oh, I'm going to sit and read for seven hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Because that always scares me when I start a new book. I'm always like, because if I start one and it's really, really good, it's literally all I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I'm, like, always afraid to start something new because I'm like, okay, so how much of my life am I going to give up? (laughs) <laughs> yeah like, what am i at a point where i can ignore everything else in the house right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i get that it's um it's harder for me to listen to books actually normally if i'm listening to a book it's one that i not necessarily that i don't care about but it's one that i'm not gonna worry about 
needing to well, like, like remember before, stuff maybe. yeah yeah like something you've read before that you just need background noise that's what i yeah. listen to the harry potter books a lot and mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff i fall asleep to is on audible and it's stuff i've read before mm-hmm. you know so but um i but listening is a little easier like you can sit you could sit and you could stop what you're doing and just sit and listen if you needed to or mm-hmm. like it, I really liked them when I used to commute for a really long time because mm-hmm. it made me not speed because I wanted to know what happened next so bad that I didn't want to get where I was going <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so sometimes yeah. there's that but yeah I just I have a really hard time like listening to things and like getting it yeah um, so that's why I normally watch stuff with the subtitles on because like there's that mm-hmm. disconnect there. Um, and it's, it's just easier for me to read and I read pretty fast. Um, but I read that and I, um, what else did I do? I cleaned my room this week. I moved some stuff nice. around. Uh, I moved my TV to where it's easier for me to watch it from my bed. Because that's about nice. the only time I watch TVs in my bed. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I started yoga this week. I started doing yoga. Oh, um, I need to do that. Oh, it's so wonderful. I found this great girl on YouTube. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've been doing some exercises and doing yoga and not feeling so bad about the Oreos that I have stashed away. Um. (laughs) Josh fucking bought Oreos. Okay, so the amount, the sheer volume, this is my one complaint, (laughs) the sheer volume of junk food that is in my house right now. Oh, yeah. Is unbelievable because my (laughs) husband is the one grocery shopping. (laughs) And I know how to not impulse buy that kind of shit because I'm the one who does the grocery shopping all the time. And now he's like, ooh, like (laughs) (laughs) he's the one that has to go because I'm pregnant and I can't go because I'm high risk. So Mm -hmm. now he goes and then half the shit on my list is not picked up. Oh, and there's Oreos and chocolate pudding and butterscotch pudding and Twinkies and Swiss rolls and oatmeal cakes and shit like that. (laughs) Comfort food. For mm. high stress times. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. <coughs> Who buys a huge family sized party pack of double stuffed Oreos and then buys a gallon of milk that expires in three days? That's my question. But anyway, it's fine. I bought fine. two family packs of double stuffed Oreo, one regular oh and one golden. Good lord. Yeah. We'll see, but then we also, <laughs> I just made brownies, and we have a pecan pie, because Josh works for an amazing company, and they sent us a frozen turkey and a pecan pie for Easter. Oh. So. So you have, have lots of sweets. of sweets. Yeah, like, there was no reason for him to buy sweets, <laughs> is the thing I'm saying, but well, it's fine. <laughs> sometimes you just need Oreos. <laughs> I guess. It's not even the Oreos, it's the little Debbie stuff <laughs> that's just making my skin crawl, but it's fine. That's fair. <coughs> he's losing a ton of weight because he's not eating like shit at work all the time. So yeah. I guess he deserves some. Yeah. I need to kick it up with my exercise and do it every day instead of just every other day. Especially like I'm so used to having a job where I'm constantly on my feet and constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I started coming out of my skin the other day because I just like oh, haven't yeah. been moving. And I was just like, oh, okay, I have to go on a walk. And 
Mm-hmm. Then it got cold. So I haven't been on a walk yeah. in a couple of days. It, and it then fucking said, snowed Fuck today. Yeah, it fucking snowed today. And nature was like, oh, this is this is payback for buying the Oreos. And I was like, you need to fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, and yeah, mm. and the gyms are closed. So the only exercise I'm getting is my yoga <laughs> and the exercise videos I can find on YouTube, but it's, yeah. it's fine. It like, um, I, I'm really glad for this break. I think it mm-hmm. is much needed. Me too. I think that we we've both been very blessed to where we're in a situation where it's not kind it's not the end of the world for us to stay home or have been laid off. Yeah. You know? So we're, we've both been very blessed in that regard. Um, we're not stuck at home with kids or anything like that. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to really soak up this time because, you know, Me too. we'll have an infant in August and <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I'm just trying to really, you know, like I want to make sure everything's in order. I just, and I think I've been putting too much pressure on myself. So this, this week I'm trying to be a little bit more still. And let myself relax a little bit. Um, This weekend, I didn't do a whole lot because we went and met my parents halfway to like, um, because I needed to give them clothes that we, the clothes that we, that are in our donate pile that was taking up our entire hallway Mm -hmm. and has been sitting there for like a month ever since all this started, like, and before this started, really. And it needed to get out of the house. She wanted our old coffee table. I had a bunch of her stuff and her old, like her ear mattress. Like I just was like, this stuff is just, our house is so small that like the tiniest bit of clutter feels overwhelming. Yeah. So I was like, let's, uh, I can't do it. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. (laughs) Yes. And then she, she and uh, my dad found dog food for us because our dog food got, uh, was sold out. Oh um, yeah. For a little man. Yeah, and uh, that was a panic moment, and she brought me flour because they bought a twenty-five pound bag of flour at Costco. Oh wow! So I might have to, uh, I might have to make bread or something because <laughs> now I have this bag of flour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they got they gave us some toilet paper and stuff like that. So um, <clears throat> that was nice, but I was just so tense the whole time we were out. Mm-hmm. Um. That I was exhausted, and I just, I pushed it a little hard last week, too, like, you know, cleaning and getting stuff done, and I, it just, it, re- it all hit me yesterday, uh, is it yesterday? No, it was Sunday. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, the days are running together. And I just, yeah, and I just, I needed to have a day to just chill. Yeah. So, I was, I was in bed a lot on Sunday, and cross-stitching, and watching TV, and I just had to keep telling myself that that was okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, I would say I, it's important to make this time count, but it's it's this has been a lesson for me that like it's important to make your time off count, but it's also important to make sure that you're taking you know, care of yourself. Taking care of yourself. Yeah. yeah and I, I need to listen to my body. Especially I, now. Yeah. I'm feeling the same. I um actually <clears throat> threw my back out on Saturday. Um, oh, honey. Yeah, I was I've like, I cleaned my room, and I was moving around a bunch of furniture, and I should not have been doing that by myself, but literally, no. I'm the only, <laughs> I'm the only person in my house that can, because my mom's arm is fucked, so, like, oh. I, I had no choice, and, um, I shouldn't have done it, should have just waited until I could get somebody to come in here and help me, but I didn't. And, um, I just, I laid in bed for, like, seven mm-hmm. hours just watching John Oliver. 
and oh, wasn't that the best it was it was um, <laughs> but like i cannot tell you how much i'm taking care of myself now like i'm taking, that's amazing yeah i'm taking more care of myself than i ever have like literally since i turned 18 there has not been a time that i have not been working um and doing a thousand other things at the same time yeah and i (laughs) i can't keep doing that to myself um no you can't so i'm really thankful that like i'm gonna start a new job when all this is over hopefully um that'll let me just kind of take a step back and focus Mm -hmm. on what i need to do and like it's in my field which is going to be great um but yeah uh, I'm definitely, like, taking some things that I've been doing for myself during quarantine, I'm, and I'm going to continue to do them afterwards because I have to take care of myself because no one else is going to, you know? Oh, yeah. And I don't, like, I don't want to be fucked later because I didn't take care of myself now. So That's amazing. Yeah. I'm Lots glad you lessons. finally learned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's really hard to... <laughs> it's I, hard I, to listen when you feel like you can't slow down. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it has been trying to avoid stuff I haven't wanted to work on for myself, to be honest. Um, And you you can't do that. You just can't. Mm -mm. You can't let things fester. No. So So the biggest bright spot of my week right now, first of all, this is being, we're recording this on April 14th. So I am officially 20 weeks pregnant, which means I'm halfway along. Um, and today, finally, finally, (laughs) the two nursing bras that I ordered arrived. And so now I have two bras that finally fit me. Oh, yay. And they feel like wearing a cloud. Oh, and it's such a fucking relief (laughs) because it's from the same company that makes the only three pairs of underwear that I have Uh uh, that fit me as well so they're it's just they're high quality they feel really nice they're super soft Mm -hmm. like to the point where i could sleep in them which is great because i need to be and um because when your boobs are huge you need extra support all the time so um (laughs) yep (laughs) you know Uh um and by the way you don't have to be pregnant to wear a nursing bra these are these are delightful (laughs) people those of you busty ladies out there that need support always get you some of these um, Send me the link, Bravely. please. I'm going to go ahead and give them, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give them a free plug because they're amazing. Uh, we are not sponsored by them at all, but um, thank God for that, for them, because I've been having breakdowns because I can't go out and buy myself clothes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always just, it's just always such a wild card when you buy things online, especially when you're pregnant, because, yeah. you know, the measurements of things are never consistent. Sometimes I'm a small, sometimes I'm a fucking large. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Um, so, and the size charts just never make sense. So, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just crazy. And I don't know what my new measurements are because I, I, you know, what fits me this week might not fit me next week. So, it's, it's, it's been a lot. And that's, that's literally been the highlight of my day is that nothing is digging into my rib cage. Oh, good. It's been lovely. Even though I peed my pants right before we started this, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's fine. That's, that's okay. I, f- I can breathe because nothing's too tight and I'm actually pantsless at the moment. I have underwear on, but I'm pantsless because I peed my last pair of pants that fit me. So, oh no. Um, 
The rest of them are in the dr- in the wash right now, but <laughs> I'll have to sneak those into another load. <laughs> Carry honey. But it's fine. It's such a relief th- to have something that fits. They were a little bit expensive, but I don't care. <laughs> Especially since I'll probably have to be wearing them for like the next, you know, year or yeah. so. Because they'll have to wear them postpartum and stuff too. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's worth it. Yeah, but yeah, that's awesome. And um, I figured out Zoom, so I got to. We had family dinner on Friday, so nice. Um, my parents zoomed in. My mom set up the meeting because she's a teacher and she's been doing it. So mm-hmm. um, she set us up a meeting, and my brother and his wife. I keep wanting to say Skype, but, you know, yeah. zoomed in, and, and J- Josh and I zoomed in, and we all had dinner together, and we talked for, like, two and a half hours, because we hadn't talked to each other, you know, Aww. very much through this whole thing, and it was just so nice to see everybody, and talk to everybody, and hang out for a little bit, because, I mean, Josh has been kind of meeting one friend or two here and there, and going to see his, his dad at the farm, and stuff like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, we've kept things very safe, that's, like, the two places that... He's been bouncing, but, like, I can't go get on the four-wheeler with him or go hunt mushrooms or anything like that because I'm fucking pregnant. So, yeah. you know, it's been really... It was... I, I've been pretty lonely. I mean, it's been really great. Like, if I didn't have this <laughs> every week with you... Yeah. I would be... I, I would probably be struggling a lot more than, you know, than I am. But mm. I don't get to go hang out with people like he does. He, I don't yeah. get to go see people like he does. So, it was really nice to see my parents and my brother the you know the four people i love most yeah it was just it was really nice so yay and i think we're gonna start doing it weekly which is really cool oh good so it probably won't be two and a half hours next time but (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but i i get that i get being lonely like i live with two people that are high risk so i literally don't go see people i don't um, yeah. Like, I, I go to the store maybe once every two weeks. So, it's been, it's been super hard, so I get it. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's been the biggest thing. So, I, I'm really excited that we figured out the video call thing, because now, you know, because texting is one thing. But yeah. it's so much nicer when you hear someone's voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And see their face. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. You ready to get started? Yeah, I'm ready to get started. All right. So. First off. Um, what we had as the title is not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the thing. So I yeah. think. um I think we we need to change it to, and I'll I'll cut this out. But okay, I think we need to change it to like fantasy of marriage or something like that. Okay, because disillusionment literally means divorce. Oh, <laughs> when I typed Oops. that in, I was like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, actually a legal term. So I did not I know, know that either. Meant. Yeah, I know what you meant, and I was like, oh, whoops. Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to change my Google search. um do you want to call it fantasy of marriage you want to call it marriage fantasy what do you want to call it let's do marriage fantasy okay all right okay so this week we are talking about 
marriage fantasy. Spooky, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Except not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. I apologize for my weird throat, you guys. I am still super flummy because I am still super pregnant. So. That's fine. <laughs> sorry, <can't>. not sorry. <laughs> we can't judge. Yeah. And I can't go through and cut out all the times I cleared my throat. It would take hours. So. <laughs> Again, sorry, not sorry. Okay, so um, I this is one that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, do you want to tell the story, or do you <laughs> well, we tried to do this episode in the early, early days of this podcast? <laughs> literally, this was going to be episode two. Um, yeah, and, and we very quickly <laughs> realized that we. <laughs> We were not ready to do this topic. No, because we were going <coughs> to just kind of improv it. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that <laughs> when we no. first started. Um, but here at episode 64. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we were on the same page as far as wh- how we were going to improv it either. And we I don't just think got, we were. We, we, we got like halfway through and I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> Like, Wait, let's not let's not let's do just it anymore. Not. Yeah, let's just not. <laughs> let's just no. Yeah, and <laughs> we were both really frustrated, and it was just. But we both knew that it was the right call because I was like, I don't want to put up something that's half-assed. Yeah, and that we're not proud of, you know. So we we've we're seasoned now. <laughs> yes, and I'm yes, I'm really excited about what I have. So, yay. Yeah. I'm excited about what I found too. I found some good stuff. So, um just for everybody just to give a little bit of background as to why we wanted to talk about this. Um I am married and um it has been the single greatest and hardest and most wonderful thing to happen to me. Um and completely different from the Disney fantasy um in the romantic comedy fa- fantasies that are in movies and on TV shows and things like that. And yeah, um, it's become really important to me to make sure, I mean, it's the most important part of relationship of your life. Like there's no reason to settle. There's no reason to just, just do it because you've been together for a long time because sometimes love doesn't love is of course a part of it, but if you know, love isn't necessarily a reason to stay with someone because you could love someone while they beat the shit out of you. You could mm-hmm. love someone that treats you terribly. I mean, I've definitely been in that boat. Um, and it, it's, y- you can love someone and disagree on fundamental things that make it to where it, it would be a very rocky road. Not to say that, you know, you couldn't make it work, but it's, it's definitely something to take seriously and especially with all the reality shows surrounding it and like there's a new one on fucking netflix that i don't want to watch because it just pisses me off but the one where they like are they like never see each other until they love is blind propose or whatever Yeah, yeah love is blind i'm not into it like i don't i don't like I used to watch so many trashy dating shows because I knew the farce of it. You know what I'm saying? But now I watch it and I'm like, people think this is how fucking love works. And it's, it's not, it's not, (laughs) you know? No. And, um, 
I do want to say I love what Disney is doing right now. I know people are pissed because they're redoing some some classics from when they were kids. Mm-hmm. But it's important. It's important to de- to deepen those relationships and know that you don't fall in love two minutes after you meet somebody. Yeah. And have a dance. Like it's it's that's that's not how it works. And um. There are some great, you guys know I'm a big fan of Gary Chapman. There are some great, great books that he has written. One of them is 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married. Read it and don't be fucking cynical about it because Josh and I started reading it and we were like, this is really negative. We're not going to read this anymore. And then like two years into our relationship, into our marriage, when we were ready to fucking murder each other. I was like, we should probably read this book. (laughs) You know, the one we spent money on. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we should read this book. And I I just cracked it open because I was just so fucking depressed and I would just needed answers you know and that's me I'm the researcher and he's the free spirit and mm-hmm. I um he's a, he's the he likes to figure everything out by himself and I'm the person who's like but everyone other people have professionally figured this out <laughs> let's <laughs> let's cut to where the let's use the shit that already works please yeah I don't want to cry anymore so <laughs> so um or feel like this anymore, you know? So, um, it, and it was great. It's, it's fantastic. It's all about, you know, and, 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 you know, it's the most, again, it's the most important relationship in your life. Why would you not invest in it? Yeah. If, if you, you know, we've been to seminars, we've read books, we've done counseling together. I mean, it's, it's the, again, the most, you, you wouldn't, if it was your car, would you just look on Pinterest to figure out how to fix it? I fucking hope not. No. You know, you would, no, you would take it to a professional. So, unless you're a professional mechanic, but even <laughs> professional marriage counselors need to go to an unbiased marriage counselor. Yeah. So, it's, it's important, and I, you know, to invest in this important relationship don't just try to figure it out for yourself and then throw it away when you can't figure it out you don't have a fucking degree yeah (laughs) and i will say if you're like in the arena of marriage if you are engaged to someone and like or even just seriously considering being with this person for the rest of your life even if you're not married i recommend going to a marriage counselor going um couples counseling like yeah they call it couples counseling now instead of marriage counseling yeah it's important yeah and like you can like read all the books on like how people have made marriage work because i mean just from what i've heard from you it makes things completely different even if you were already living together beforehand it it is a completely different ball game and Mm -hmm. it's like you said sharing a bank account you're gonna be (laughs) You know, it's, your dynamic is going to change and it's going to, it's, it's, it's more permanent than people, you you have to go into it thinking it's permanent. Otherwise you won't put in the work to, to sustain it. Yeah. That's my own belief. Um, and you know, Josh and I had a lot of conversations at the beginning of our relationship because I had just gotten out of a terrible one where I thought we were going to get married and I was manipulated and neglected and led to believe certain things and that turned out to be false and were jerked out from under me, you know? So I had a very clear, I, I, my eyes were open to a lot of red flags and, you know, so we talked about, you know, we talked about religion. We talked about divorce. We talked about our families. We talked about a lot of things. We had a lot of really important conversations up front because I knew 
that he was special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we, we, we had a really deep connection that had been nurtured as a friendship for a long time. And I didn't want to waste time again. I didn't want to get trapped in something that, that was going to end up, you know, not going the long haul. There was just a lot of things there. So, and we're going to dig into some of that, I think right now, but, um, I found this really cool, um, let's, let's go ahead and dive in here. I found this really cool, um, little blog post that I thought would be cool to kind of ease us in here. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's called, it's from a website called preengaged.com. Um, and there's a lot of really cool websites there. If you guys want to go, um, it's, it's an article called, well, I guess it's more of a blog post, not really an article because it's an editorial, you know, it's just mm-hmm. her experience. So um, it's it's called The Fantasy of Marriage uh, by Heather. And there's also, there's amazing links up here mm-hmm. uh, for counseling services. There's pre-engagement, premarital, um, the pair test, um, agreements for coaching services. Like there, there's a lot of really cool, there's recommended books um, it's just, there's a lot of really cool resources here. So, um, even if you're not married, like these are really good resources for any relationship, even I, friendships. Yeah. I actually came across this when I was doing my own research. Um, and yeah. I thought that this was a great article, but I was afraid you were going to use it. So I backed off. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Um. So let me just read it real quick and then we can discuss. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to read it word for word. So this is by Heather. She didn't leave a last name, but, um, and it doesn't say when this was written. I don't think it but doesn't. it's a thousand percent relevant. So yeah. who gives a shit? <laughs> um, okay. So it says for years, I wanted a golden retriever puppy at work. I would sit and daydream about how wonderful it would be to have that sweet bundle of puppy fur. We would get up, eat, cuddle, sleep, sleep some more, cuddle some more, and then go for a walk. Day after day, month after month, I dreamed of this puppy. When we finally called our breeder for an initial interview, I became teary-eyed. Ooh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, My dream was finally coming true. As I type this, my precious dream is whining her head off. (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) Right? She's beautiful, but so much work. Some nights as she's whining, I lie in bed and ask myself, what was I thinking? <laughs> yep. Sometimes I have to go downstairs and turn on noise to drown her out just to get a minute to myself. She is a sweet, oh man, puppies, let me tell you. Oh yes. <laughs> you want to you wanna practice for having an infant in your house. My God. <laughs> um, they're a lot of work. Um, she is a sweet puppy and a, that bundle of fluff I wanted. However, sometimes I'm not living my fantasy. There is no more sleeping in on Saturdays or any other day that ma- for that matter. <laughs> there is no sitting through an entire movie. The good... No, there is not. Nope. Every time we sit down to do anything, Hamlet's nose is in my face. And he's like, let's go outside. And I'm like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> Star, you You to- knew this. You have been napping all day. <laughs> Star used to do this, you know, really adorable thing. When, like, mom and I would sit down to eat or we would sit down to watch a movie. And the second Mm -hmm. we would, like, dig in or turn on the TV, she'd need everything. Everything. Needed to go potty. Needed more food. Needed water. Needed to play. Uh, Yep. Had been completely fine for hours. Mm Mm-hmm. But you try to do something. 
now that it's time for you to relax, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. uh, there is no sitting through an entire movie. The good news is I'm getting a fabulous tan, but that is due to the fact that I have to take her outside every one to two hours. Yep. yep. Sounds great. <laughs> Last night, I thought, see, and I've just, I've had, he's been a part of my life for so long and I've always had a dog. I don't know any, you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know any different. Like, <laughs> he gets me out of the house, and I count that as a blessing. But yeah, because I could easily melt into a puddle that just watches Netflix all the time. So, <laughs> um, last night I thought about how I used used to fantasize about having a golden retriever puppy, and it reminded me of the days I used to fantasize about getting married. Whether I was at work, church, homes, restaurants, the beach, in my car, or anywhere else, I would daydream about how wonderful it would be to be married. We would sleep late, eat together, cuddle, watch movies, and never have to leave each other at night. Back then, it amazed me at how many people were not happy with their spouse. It seemed easy to me. Treat your spouse well, and they will treat you well, and you can live happily ever after. Much like the dream of owning a puppy, my dream of being married did not turn out the way I expected. (laughs) My husband is a wonderful man, a hard worker, and very affectionate. However, we do not get to sleep late much. There is little time for movies. We have to consciously remind ourselves to stop working and spend time together. And some nights we are so exhausted we don't hear each other come to bed. True. <laughs> we, have a, we have a good life together and we are happily married. But the fantasy, had I not been willing to separate myself from it, could have caused a great deal of hardship in our relationship. Yeah. Hmm. That fantasy caused a great deal of hardship in my relationship. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Well, because I, I, I know that, Josh and I know that that's e- not Josh. Yep. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know no. when I love Josh, but that's just not the kind it's of person he is. is. Yeah. No. Oh, while I am a daydreamer by nature, I don't think my, st- I don't think my story is unusual. When talking to people, especially women, about marriage, I get a similar sense of fantasy and anticipation. It is natural and good to look forward to marriage. Marriage was created and instituted by God as a very good thing. However, thanks to romantic comedies and a stranger focus on feelings and emotions in the last century in our culture, our understanding of marriage and its purpose has changed a great deal. We expect marriage to be a never-ending romantic date, because that is what the media portrays it should be. Before I was married, I told people that marriage was no picnic. And while I was sincere, I still had many expectations of marriage hidden under the surface, instilled in me through years of fairy tales, romantic books, and movies. My purpose in writing this is not to put a wet blanket on your upcoming engagement. My purpose is to remind you that marriage, like anything else worth your time and energy, is not perfect and of itself. In and of itself. Sorry, I didn't read that right. (laughs) It's okay. You and your husband, yeah, you and your husband or wife will have to work extremely hard to make what you want it to, to make it what you want it to be. This is why we stress communicating about a wide range of topics before becoming engaged. The more you have resolved before marriage, the more easily you can transition into marriage. Our puppy will grow into a magnificent, obedient dog that is a blessing to others if we continue to work with her through this tough puppy phase with nurturing, discipline, and training. She will never be the perfect dog I envisioned in my dreams, but with hard work and understanding, she will become an amazing companion. 
I will be glad to have by my side. Likewise, with hard work, understanding, and compassion, an amazing marriage can transition from fantasy to reality. Thought that was beautifully written, and honestly, in my opinion, the reality is so much better than the fantasy. Yeah. It's so much better. Um... It's not going to be flowers every day. It's not going to be date night every night. It's not a con- it's not a forever sleepover. It's not sex every night. It's it's not like that, you know? You you have your lives your lives divulge and 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 open up and y- hopefully th- the beautiful thing is that if you've picked someone who loves you and wants and and also wants to make it work you become a team and then it turns into it turns into personal growth that you go through together and i am very blessed to have met a man who brings out the best in me mm-hmm. not to say we didn't want to rip each other's faces off because we are both <laughs> firstborn children who are used to being alphas <laughs> so it was very difficult to get to the point where it's not about winning mm-hmm. when it comes to conflict and I have to constantly remind him of this too, because I, I, I am, I am the person who wants to put to implement all of the communication tactics and things like that. So I, you know, he he still gets a little defensive sometimes, and I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> I have the floor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we have these cheesy communication tactics that we learned, and the thing about it is that they feel cheesy, but they fucking work. So you got to do it. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely worth it especially when it's about something that's not going to matter in five years like you just you know it's about perspective and it's about not letting things fester and learning to communicate things without accusing the other person without attacking their character without because fights are about hurting each who can hurt each other the worst to quote unquote win and no one wins in that situation yeah you know no one wins there that's a lose-lose like that is you want to get to the point where you're on the same level. So it's about, you know, we learned a lot about I statements and saying, and, and saying, I feel this when you do this. So you're blaming the action and not the person mm-hmm. because it's so easy to get on the defensive when you say you can fucking take the trash out again. What is it? My, what is it? My job to do everything around here? Cause I'm a woman. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that's just poking the dragon. Um, you know, it's, that's putting words in their mouth. Yeah. It's when you, when I have to constantly remind you to take the trash out, it makes me feel like it's my responsibility to oversee everything in the house. And I would prefer that we be equal partners. So it would be really helpful for me if you could just try to take a quick scan and try to, you know, take a quick scan around and make sure that your responsibilities are taken care of before we settle in for the night because that would really help me relax so that I could actually enjoy my time with you. Yeah. Because otherwise it makes my skin crawl. You see what I'm saying? That Mm -hmm. feels like a very reasonable request as opposed to attacking someone's character. Yeah. So, you know, it's just little things like that that make it really, that, that can make what feels like an impossible relationship turn way more productive and more loving you know i Mm -hmm. mean i am so much more of a better person for having been married to josh um simply because of how much i've grown emotionally um i feel like i've matured emotionally so much more and i know that we have so much more to go and being parents is gonna be a whole new hurdle for us but 
I don't think I would have felt comfortable bringing a kid into this until we were, unless I knew that we were at a place that felt more solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As far as communicating with each other and as far as being on the same page about things. Yeah. Um, And and we've been through it, y'all. Like, we've been through money issues. We've been through relationship issues we've been through not not like cheating or anything but just communicating and you know the Mm -hmm. the thing that I couldn't let go of and I'll just be candid here the thing I couldn't let go of was I'm a very affectionate and physical person and I was expecting (laughs) my fantasy was I was expecting it to be a sex party all the time and that's not what it was (laughs) because the reality is people go to work and they're fucking tired (laughs) yeah you know, um, you know, besides, I also married a very energetic person who um, works all day and then likes to come home and exhaust himself doing other shit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, it's and, and so the, the, the way that we ended up solving that because my it was making my anxiety so high because I was left, you know, like when mm-hmm. in my past relationships, when sex stopped, it was breakup time. Yeah. So I start to panic and I can't help it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix it. It. I feel like I'm getting better at it. I have to talk myself down from it still a lot uh, because of the trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. of past relationships. And um, we found a way. I was like, you know, we really need to do. Let's let's have date night. Let's make sure we have a date night every night, uh, every week. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a night that we just hang out with each other. Our other hobbies don't get in the way. You know, like we do an activity together and we'll alternate who picks what we do. And then we have sex that night. Yeah. So that I know that I don't have to worry about, oh, well, he's in the garage again tonight, so he doesn't want to hang out with me. Like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants true. to do his thing. He wants, yeah, he wants to, he wants to build another table and make more money so he can buy more tools. <laughs> that has nothing to do with me, you yeah. know? And it's important to make sure that you're not making everything about you and learning those thought techniques of how to talk yourself down from the ledge, you know, uh, before you start saying, I don't want you woodworking anymore and taking away people's hobbies and feeling like making them feel like they can't do things that's where you get into trouble in a marriage because you start being selfish mm-hmm. and making it about you instead of talking about it and finding the solution to the actual tumor you know what i mean yeah instead of putting a band-aid on it um because when we start attacking each other that's when it really starts to to come apart um so uh, I have another little article that I figured we could just kind of talk through. It's just kind of got three little, three or four little point points, maybe five. Okay. Eh. Well, there's kind of a lot. So, um, actually, there's eight. Wow. there's That's a lot more. Um, there, there's a lot of, this is a really good article. I'm going to hit on a few of them because mm-hmm. I don't want to take up a ton of time. Uh, Because I'm sure you've got (laughs) some stuff to talk about, too. So um, I found another really good article from Medium.com, which we've used in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you use this? No, I I will let you know I did pull a couple of talking points that I wanted to just ask you about because uh, I'm going to be really candid here. I haven't ever been in a married relationship um i (laughs) i I, we know okay (laughs) i i've been in that arena a couple of times but not anywhere near we've been in relationships but yeah yeah. 
Um, but it's important to have this kind of a, like, see, this is where, because we've come so far, Josh and I, like, if we were to break up or if something were to happen to him, I don't know that I would have the patience to date another person because just the people that I'm around that talk about the way they talk about their relationships, I'm just like, oh God, you're insufferable. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't listen to this, to this swill. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything you're saying is just not even important. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know that I would have the patience to date. Yeah. <laughs> to I mean, date another person. Yeah. That's... Unless it was one where we started in counseling so that we could. Ugh, but I don't know. <laughs> I have a vibrator. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's about how I'm feeling. Um, I don't know. Like, I also, um, like, grew up in households where marriage really wasn't a thing. Like, I, I mm-hmm. never had that modeled for me. Um, the model I did have was not a great one. And mm-hmm. um, that I didn't see all the time. Like, I didn't see the nitty-gritty parts of it. Well, I, like, I did. But, like, I really didn't see good parts of it. Because it was constantly my uncle putting my aunt down in front of me. Um, right. So, you know, that's where Josh kind of, where we've had it some some of our problems because we both have very different models mm-hmm. of marriage and and relationship and how the relationship works like I have my parents who have been together for a really long time and um uh, they've they've only been with each other you know and th- there has been no divorce or any any recoupling of any kind there and I've seen how they handle you know day-to-day I've seen how they handle day-to-day life but they you know they never modeled conflict resolution in front of us Mm -hmm. there was never any kind of healthy healthy communication there in that regard you know yeah um as far as how you solve and how you saw that's something that Josh and I have talked about that we really want to make sure we model for our children yeah is like when mommy and daddy disagree this is how we solve it not by hurting each other, you know what I mean? But by mm-hmm. talking about it and, and figuring it out and coming to a solution. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, even the arguments Mom and I had, it just kind of ended in a hug and I'm sorry and then nothing really changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's – um, I had that and then Josh is a child of divorce and his dad really is a person – he he's a lot like his dad where he and he, whether he knows it or not he tends to follow that model of work all day come home from work eat dinner go back out to the garage or, or, and farm or work on whatever he's working on until he's tired and then comes in and goes to bed so he never really even saw any kind of affection mm-hmm. even between his stepmom and his dad like you know it's just he's had a very different where and we've had to really work to make our marriage be something that satisfies both of us yeah Um, because he'd never really even thought about it he just you just you fall into the patterns that you've seen yeah without even thinking about it unless you make a conscious decision to change Mm -hmm. so we had to that was really a big battle because I was just like I feel like you don't ever want to hang out with me like you're not (laughs) you're here but then you you go outside like (laughs) yeah what what the hell (laughs) you know and he's like oh I didn't even think about it like that you know it's just it's just one of those things that and that's in in that uh, that book that ten things we uh, we I wish I'd known before I got married. Um, 
looking at your family and looking at your partner's family because what you experienced is what you will end up projecting onto your partner. You will project those expectations onto your partner. Mm-hmm. Like you with your mom, like you'll probably, I would, I would guess that in a relationship you would project that you have to be the one to take care of everything all the time. Yeah. Or that the expectation is going to be on you all the time because that's been the relationship that you've seen and that's the one that you have the most, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely projected my mom onto myself and my mom's expectations of hey everything needs to be clean all the time and you need to make sure you uh you know prepare gourmet dinners every night and the house needs to be perfectly like perfectly spotless and i I need to be able to perform heart surgery on the floor and lick beans (laughs) off the counter like you know like yeah and you know i literally i was putting all this pressure on myself and then josh was just like what are you doing like (laughs) hang on a second (laughs) like and i truly had to be like wait what do you actually expect of me (laughs) and he was like not that (laughs) we we can let things pile up a little bit so that you can relax like it's not i don't i can i can feed myself like it's okay yeah you know and also you know i mean my dad my dad got the mail every day. My dad mowed the lawn. My, you know, so there's a lot of things that Josh does anyway that lined up with what I thought. The one thing that's different is that my dad also helped a lot with housework. Mm-hmm. My mom would cook and then my dad would clean up. Josh wasn't allowed in the kitchen when mm. he was growing up. His parent, his mom and his stepmom were both people that did not want the kids in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So by proxy, Josh doesn't know how to cook. Yeah. He also is never been in the habit of cleaning up and like doing dishes and stuff like that because that was never a part of his nightly routine. It was always a part of our routine that we would clean up the kitchen because mom cooked for us and that was huge, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's hard <laughs> because I could easily I, I definitely have fallen into the well, what the, the fuck? Like <laughs> you're just going to leave dishes here because you think I'm supposed to do that because I'm your wife? Like, (laughs) how come you get to just eat dinner and then go play video games? Yeah. And you don't help. Like, you know, it's just, and that's not, that's, it's never been his intention. It just never crossed his mind. Mm -hmm. Because that's not not what he was taught. What he was allowed to do. Exactly. So it's a whole new ball game of navigating each other's, each other's lives and what each other's examples have been and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so do you want to go ahead and do your talking points then because I don't want to repeat things yeah um I like before I got like into anything deep in my case anyway I just wanted your opinion on a few things because I've heard you talk about a few of these before and I found a couple of things that were just a little different and I wanted to get your opinion on that so um one of them, like, I went to redbookmag.com, and this is from Lisa F. Uh, she's 38 in New York. Um, but she was always taught not to go to bed angry, and she finally kind of let go of that unrealistic expectation. Um, and now, when they have a fight before they go to bed, she checks in with her husband and says, I know we're both still angry. I hope we can talk about this tomorrow when we're calm. I love you. And a simple, oh, I love that. Me too. And she says a simple statement like that makes us both feel less defensive and it creates a better situation for us to talk the following day. So yeah. I, I guess like 
how have you all handled situations like that? Uh, not well. Um, <laughs> and I like that you brought that up because I really like that. Because um, I have a really hard time letting things go a little bit and mm-hmm. not just resolving it right away because it makes me feel like it's going to get ignored and not brought up again because, again, that was the model that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and so I get too anxious and I can't fall asleep feeling like he's mad at me next, <laughs> laying next to me, especially yeah. when he just like fall. My husband can fall asleep on a park bench, y'all. Like he will <laughs> be asleep in two seconds. I can't, I am not like that. Yeah, and me so, neither. Like, we've been tired and fighting and then he falls asleep in the middle of it and I could absolutely fucking strangle him. So like, <laughs> that makes me, I'm like, oh, I'm glad you can sleep. And then he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, we're still talking. And he's like, Carrie, I have to be at work in the morning. I have to wake up at five. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's actually, I think that's a cool way to say, hey, I hope we can talk to, I love that. Yeah. To say, I hope we can talk about this in the morning. I love you. Yeah, like, that's great. That's a really great way to diffuse it instead of him looking at me and saying, what can I say to get this resolved so I can go to sleep? Which just <laughs> makes me want to slap the ever-loving shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not making that up. That's a word-for-word quote that he has said. Um- <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that being said. <laughs> yeah. I think my husband has a touch of the uh, a touch of the spectrum in him, um, <laughs> but it's okay. It's what I love about him so much too. So there, um, there was an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond um, where Raymond like recorded Deborah blowing up on him while she was on her period because he was being an asshole, and like oh he played that back for her and like she started crying and was gonna leave the oh. house and his mom happened to walk in in the middle of that and she told his mom what happened and his mom smacked him across the <laughs> face and um then she left and deborah was about to leave and he said something else that was just shitty and she turned around and she said if you say one more word i'm gonna send your mother back in here to slap the shit out of you (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah so (laughs) i just that was one model of marriage that was um that i grew up watching um i mean i grew up with monica and chandler you mm -hmm. know um which thankfully did have bumps um which I do appreciate a lot. And, you know, uh, th- another really good model is um, Marshall and Lily on How I Met Your Mother. They have all kinds of mountains that they come o- that they overcome together. Mm-hmm. Again, Jane the Virgin, great conflict resolution modeled in that. I, I love what TV is doing right now. But uh, I, you know, we all still have that, had that fantasy that of someone who worships the ground you walk on. And, you know, of someone who... Who, who treats you like that and that's just not your expectations of people are too high yeah like who has time <laughs> for that like it's not it's just not realistic and if you have that relationship high five to you that is not normal <laughs> and you should count your fucking blessings every day yeah but um, i don't know I, I i i really liked that though i like the because that is something that you hear a lot is to not go to bed angry and i do think that's important still um Mm -hmm. it's important to make sure i think the message behind that metaphor is or behind that proverb you know is to 
not let things fester yeah. and to make sure you talk about things when it happens more than taking it actually literally because the literal translation of that is not always practical. It's just not always doable. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there are issues that are bigger than a quick sit down conversation. Mm-hmm. So you can't always important. solve something in a 30 minute sitcom, you know. Exactly. 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 So it's and I love sitcoms. So that's <laughs> I love for things to get resolved quickly. Yeah. I'm also impatient. So <laughs> it's I think that's a great diffuser. Yeah. Because it, 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 sh- it should be both. I mean, that's, you know, what mm-hmm. we always say. It's always both. But sometimes you need sometimes it requires a longer a longer talk mm-hmm. on a different day. And, and sometimes it requires a cool off period, yeah. too. Sometimes, you know, things are said and you have to sort out like like what I said the other day. Um, We were talking about something and one of my fears just got triggered. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of my fears of how our dynamic will be when we have the baby got triggered. And I was like, oh, I don't need to lash out at him right now. Like, I need to figure out what I'm afraid of. Yeah. So and he, you know, he could tell something was wrong. He was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I was like, you know, I. I, I'm just I'm having a moment and I need to work through it for a second and then I'll talk to you about it you know like when I've worked sorted through out it. all my feelings here yeah. you know um and of course he was hurt because he was like oh why would you think I wouldn't help and you know it was a whole thing about like are am I still gonna be the one doing all the housework when the baby gets here and he was like of course not and why would you think that I'm like because this is what you're showing me and <laughs> <laughs> that's I how need I feel you to, like yeah, and I didn't really need you to pick it up, like, <laughs> and show me, because I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and, and uh, thankfully, I was able to communicate that mm-hmm. pretty well, and we were able to keep things civil, and, you know, because yeah. when you when you present it as a fear instead of an attack, again, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's helpful. But I definitely needed to sort through that for a couple of days, even, mm-hmm. before I was able to to bring that to him so and i I love that that. what was that phrase again was it Uh, she says i know we're both still angry i hope we can talk about this tomorrow when we're calm i love you i love that yeah i love that so much that's great that is actually like in the very beginning of my notes i'll go ahead and bold that and if you want to go in and save that like if you want to like put that on your phone so you can just remember it for yeah um i love that so much yeah i might put it on a sticky note and put it by my bedside table or something yeah that might be really good but i i did bold that for you um thank you yeah you're welcome all right what's the next one so the next one i've only got three um okay but this next one is from an article uh from lightworkers.com uh seven myths about marriage we have to stop believing and i just grabbed a couple from there that i felt were really important um Mm -hmm. so the first one and this is one that i've heard you say a lot um and i think that it is very well-meaning but i also thought that this was kind of a cool spin on it Um, so they say, we often hear the saying, marriage is work. Metaphors are powerful. Be careful what you're comparing your marriage to, because that very well might limit your marriage. You will have to work Mm. at elements of your marriage, but marriage is not work. Marriage is play. Marriage is an adventure. Marriage is a partnership. Marriage is a creative incubator. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, um... It said, create marriage metaphors that bring life, not drudgery. Whether you're dating or married, what do you want your relationship metaphor to be? And marriage is the metaphor that you make it. What do you take from that, I guess? 
is. I think that's great. Um, I think that would be a really fun thing to talk about whether you've been married for, uh, whether you're married already or whether you're engaged or, you know, Mm -hmm. even if you're just in a relationship, like, what do we want our relationship to look like? And like, let's pick a word. Yeah. That describes it. That's because work does sound negative. Mm -hmm. Um, it shouldn't, but it does. Um, (laughs) we're not a society that likes to work. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Josh and I both love to work. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so that's uh, different for you guys. So maybe like, it's a It has a different meaning for us. Yeah. Yeah, It's, um, it is work though. I mean, it's when I, when I say marriage is work, I mean like marriage is about, you know thinking before you speak it's about giving each other the benefit of the doubt it's not being impulsive it's not defensive it's you know it's it's been a lot of when I say that I mean it's been a lot of emotional work for us and it's Mm -hmm. been a lot of growth yeah um and that doesn't come free you know I mean it's been hard work to to redirect our thoughts and to prioritize each other because we both get very we get tunnel vision yeah and (laughs) um you know I mean one of the beautiful things about our relationship that we found out really early is that we can share silence Mm -hmm. um very comfortably so we can work on separate projects in the same room and not have to be entertaining each other not have to you know not yeah, I mean, we talk, of course, and we I love when we have conversations, but it's it's really great to be able to share a space and not have to put on a show for the other one mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Or or anything like that. We can we can share a silence and it be okay. See, silence is a really hard thing for me to deal with. Like I, I can't do it. Um, well, not not that I, we don't have headphones in or something mm-hmm. like that, but I mean, you know, like we don't have to be talking the whole time. Well, Oh, you know? Yeah, what I'm I guess what I'm trying to communicate here is um when I was younger, um I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And right. if my grandmother was silent, that meant she was mad. Oh, yeah, that's And fair. there was always that tension. It, it like if if it was silent, there was tension. And I gotcha. I I guess I've carried that with me a whole lot. <laughs> um, yes, so, <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> um, and I like I know that probably a lot of things are clicking for you right now. But um, mm-hmm. uh, like I I would love to be able to get to a point where I can share comfortable silence with someone because like oh, sometimes yeah. I like being silent, you know, by myself. But if I'm with somebody it's... and we're silent, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> See, it's really lovely. I had to get to the point with that on that same note that I mean the other day we were in bed and we were both reading mm-hmm. silently and then Josh looked at me and said does this make us old and I was like yeah but I'm an, I'm into it <laughs> this is awesome yeah but I'm you fine like, it was yeah it was really sweet like we were both in bed he was reading one of his graphic novels I was reading stay sexy and don't get murdered Hamlet was curled up at the foot of the bed the cat was at my feet it was like 8 30 like <laughs> and I was like this is fucking awesome I think we did it, babe, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it's important. It's also important because we get tunnel vision like that and because we're comfortable sharing silence and working on things separately, sometimes we forget that we need to do things together. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been work. Like I said, that that weekly date night has been huge for us. It And it's something that's been ignored during the quarantine because we're both so anxious to get 
as much done as possible before we have to go back to, you know, our lives. So it's, and we definitely need to get back on it. I'm going to talk to him about that this afternoon at dinner and, you know, be like, hey, let's make sure we have date night tomorrow because we have not, (laughs) we have neglected that. Yeah. Um, And to be fair, I haven't felt good either. So it's, Mm. it's, it's, it's been, you know, the the dynamic changes when you get pregnant. (laughs) You have to listen to your body. But, um, you know, that's, it's been work to remember that we have to prioritize our relationship and we have to prioritize each other. And we can't just be thinking about what we want to get done for ourselves when we get home. We need to be thinking about the other person too and factor Mm -hmm. that into ourselves, into, into our planning and stuff. So yeah, because the relationship doesn't end when you get married, you know, it, oh no, like it very much continues and grows. And it's important. I think it's important when you do pick the metaphor that you make sure you don't pick something that's that's you know unicorns and rainbows sounding like it needs to be something that is an adventure is great because that still implies that you're gonna go through some shit like it's not there happily ever after is not a thing yeah no you know because life is not happy like life is fucking miserable (laughs) a lot of the time with spots of happiness in it yeah so it's very much about i love the one about learning to dance in the rain because it is absolutely accurate in Mm -hmm. my opinion um and if work is too negative for you definitely pick another one but i mean am i i don't find work to be a negative thing i find it to be real realistic Mm -hmm. and josh and i are both very realistic people so um and practical people so make sure you pick a word that's both practical and has a connotation that you're comfortable with but that also includes the fact that this is not going to be a picnic yeah (laughs) (laughs) picnics are no picnic though right yeah i'm just kidding (laughs) um all right and the last one like ants and shit you know yeah yeah it's gross (laughs) and you're like outside (laughs) you're outside and it's hot and you're sweaty and and everyone thinks it's gonna be great and then your sandwiches didn't, you know, something leaked in the basket and, you know, fuck a picnic. And <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> fuck a picnic. Let's just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just enjoy the rent. Yes. <laughs> um, God. I, I, I have to give it to my dad. He knows how to get out of doing shit. Like, I, I came <laughs> to visit him one time and. Or I was coming to visit him one time. And he was like, you know, sometimes I just want to sit and enjoy the rent. Like, he didn't want to go do stuff with me. And I was like, oh, the $75 you pay your not mother-in-law to stay in her trailer? (laughs) (laughs) That's so fucking rude. Oh, I hate that, man. Yeah. I'm like, you you don't want to... You want to enjoy that? Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> um, I'm going to go do shit. <laughs> I'll enjoy you not being in my life. How about that? <laughs> I'll just stay here. I won't make the drive. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, my goodness. That God. man. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Um, but <laughs> Let's last... not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a dark uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so this last yeah. one is an interesting one. Uh, your spouse is your best friend. Um, so this says don't force your spouse to be your best friend. Keep your best friends your best friends. 
Um, and yes, I do believe your spouse should be the closest friend you've ever had, but many of us are determined to make our spouse our best friend, which really means trying to mold and match our spouse into acting the way we think a best friend should be. Um, mm-hmm. So instead of that, this says make the friendship with your spouse into an elite category of its own, not solely based on your perspective. I love that. Yeah. Um, on your pers- I love that. Yeah, which I think is kind of relevant for that's any relationship. super relevant for today. Yeah. But that's also super relevant for particularly the person that you're marrying because everyone has that, oh, I married my best friend. And, mm-hmm. Oh, look, I married. This is the person that's my best friend and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. That's not for everybody. Um, that's not to say that Josh and I aren't very good friends as well, you know, mm-hmm. but um, we... Also, like I said, we we do a lot of things individually. Um, our we have a few mutual friends, but we also have our own packs of friends, and mm-hmm. it's you know I mean we always come together at at the end of the day, and you know he's always the first person I text about things and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's it's different. I I I don't I don't know. Best friend is so platonic to me that I. I find that hard to reconcile. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different it's different. It it it's a different term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a totally different kind of friendship. It's 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 a partnership, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a real to me marriage is about being is about picking someone who can be your teammate, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's deeper than best friendship. I think it is too. You know? Like, I mean, you and I are best friends, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to sleep with you or yeah. share a bank account with you or, <laughs> yeah, you no. know, get to know every intimate detail of your entire family, which I mean, we know a lot about each other's family, but you know, you know what I mean? You're not spending Christmas with us. Yeah. It's not, it's, you're not coming to my grandparents' house, which some people have that relationship, but mm-hmm. my family's all over the place. There's no, there's no reason for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, it's, it's. It's very, very different. This is someone who's going to know literally every inch of you. And there are things that you tell your spouse that you don't tell your best friend. Yeah. Even, you know, it's it's a, it's more sacred than that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Not that there's not. It, it's just it's it's the next level. I yeah. Think. And I, I like I like the way that's phrased. I liked it, too. Um, it's it's not as casual. I'm not going to say, hey, dude, to my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not gonna. I can't say you know, that's that not I would say we do don't that. have fun together. Yeah. We absolutely do. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just I don't know. It's different. Yeah. Because for me, best friends have always kind of come and gone a little bit. Like I haven't really had a lot of permanence. Yeah. Um, I don't have people I'm super super close to from elementary school. I have like maybe one, and we don't talk. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of follow each other on Facebook a little bit, but it's you know I don't I don't have that kind of relationship with people so to me like but best friend doesn't have the degree of permanence that marriage does yeah really if that makes sense yeah it does it it completely does like my best from my best friend from high school we don't talk we're not even friends on facebook like Mm -hmm. i i saw her the other day and we barely said a word to each other like i couldn't even look her in the face um friends kind of come and go as you as you grow and as you evolve and that's the thing about marriage is that you you grow together Mm -hmm. and if you don't grow together then that's where you need to Mm reevaluate. you know 
And so I think it's important to not, I, I don't know. We don't have a term for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's I guess just... we do. It's called husband. It's called wife. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's called spouse, <laughs> life partner, whatever you want to call it. It's, this is my, this is my partner. Yeah. You know, this is, it's, 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 it's definitely deeper than that. Because best, I married my best friend, again, alludes back to that fantasy of, oh, slumber parties every night. And, ooh, you know, it, it just, it's so much deeper. Yeah. It's so much deeper. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the last little thing that I wanted to bring up. I, those were just really interesting for me, like, especially, mm-hmm. like, talking to you about, like, everything you've been through with Josh and... Um, yeah yeah so I just I thought those were pretty true to us that's awesome I guess yeah yeah I think so too um there's a couple more that I'm going to touch on um because there were those kind of lined up with a lot of the ones that were on this that's why I was like let's do yours first because I don't want (laughs) to I don't want to step on toes um one of the good ones that I saw (laughs) that I saw was um Everything fizzles out after you're married. Marriage is going is supposed to be lame. Your wedding is the best day of your life. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually not. Um, especially if you put that kind of pressure on your wedding day, it's not going to measure up ever. So no. get that out of your head right now. Um, so it says, in today's culture, there is such a buildup to the wedding that it makes anything a, anything a day, months, or years later look similar to coming down from a high. Marriage is only a kickoff party to one of life's greatest adventures. The reality is it's supposed to fun is is it's supposed to be fun and make you grow, be fulfilling, challenging, and exciting. Mm-hmm. Will it be like that every day? Not necessarily since we're humans. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, a healthy marriage will make you evolve positively and leave you energized rather than drained. Mm-hmm. As you both grow and overcome challenges together, the team will only get stronger and the passion will only get stronger. Besides, what about the days you what about the days you bring a kid into the world? To have the expectations that life after marriage will somehow will be somewhat lackluster will only skew the approach to this life chapter of life and lead to a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. What was number two? It says go back to number two. Oh, I can change her or him or her was number two. Where did my thing go? Ah, I lost it. Go back to number two on the conversation about change. Chances are your relationship before marriage and your conversations about marriage will be the same as your marriage. Mm -hmm. True, mature, healthy love lasts. Yes. That was a big one for me. And, you know, people thought it was funny. I just want to, like, PSA this real fast. When people have an advice box at their wedding, Mm -hmm. they don't want to see what you think is a joke that says, Don't do it. Run. Like, that's not fucking funny. No. (laughs) For one thing. And it just sours someone's honeymoon when they're driving to Florida and opening it it, and trying to see fun things to make the day kind of last a little bit longer. Yeah. That's fucking rude and it's not funny. So, just so everyone knows, stop (laughs) trying to be funny. (laughs) Um, Okay. I really liked that one. And it, it, it upsets me. Like, it... 
I, w- I get immediately turned off of a comedian that does shit like that, too, that mm-hmm. says, oh, you know, the sex is stopped and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, probably because you're an asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, let's think about, I'm always, uh, my mind immediately goes to the, why aren't you si- sleeping together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does your wife feel seen? Does she feel sexy? Does she feel like your fucking housekeeper? Does she, do you make her feel like your mom? Like, what are, what are you doing wrong? Because... <laughs> I tell you what, if my husband helps me clean and do the dishes, I'm on fire. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I get immediately turned off, especially, it's a lot of times it's male comedians that do that shit, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, I'd like to have sex more. I'm like, well, maybe you should be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be more helpful. Then maybe it'll happen. <laughs> G- give her some attention and maybe she'll want to give you some, a- give your dong some attention. Yeah. Uh, cause I guarantee you, she wants to sleep with you too, but you, you know, cause women get horny too. Hello. Um, but I just, I hate, I hate when I hear people say that cause it's just not true. Yeah. It's just not true. It will fizzle out if you let it fizzle out. If you don't talk and you let things build up, it, it, things turn into a wall there. If there's things that you're not talking about, it, it puts a wall between you immediately. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the, 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 uh, the, the naked stops. also life gets in the way and sometimes you have to say hey can we have sex tonight (laughs) and that's okay (laughs) yeah it doesn't have to be like passionate and it's not gonna be spontaneous all the time yeah and this is what the next one is is true love is all about passion opposites attract sex and attraction is everything (laughs) this is what i've struggled with a lot so um (laughs) A healthy relationship absolutely has a fire at the heart of it, but it also requires practicality. Yeah. There should be a degree of this feels like home. Two people may have great chemistry, but if there is a lack of substance or trust, opposing values, differing views on the future, or poor communication, love or sex won't fix it. (laughs) Yeah. Trust me. (laughs) If... It will come down to the effort of both parties. Mm -hmm. It may be helpful to consider what the common connections are within the relationship. Do they all rely on physical attraction or even everyday fun activities? Mm -hmm. Are you able to have a deep conversation? If there is little to no mental or emotional connection, then maybe that's where the relationship should be enhanced, if possible. Yeah. Um, It says, I had, um, and this is, of course, from the article. It says, I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends recently regarding opposites. We discussed how balance is important in our relationship, which is true. Mm -hmm. I will say that. Uh, For example, with opposites, one person might be a bit outgoing and loud, yet the other might be more reserved. However, we both agreed that if balance is not supplemented by each person complimenting the other, then it might not be the ideal situation. Mm -hmm. That's huge because you hear opposites attract and that doesn't mean you know um that you differ on every single opinion like josh and i are opposites in a lot of ways in that he's very very patient and i'm not and so he makes me (laughs) be more patient um he makes me slow down and things like that and and think about things more and then there's also you know there's people who differ as far but we but we agree as far as our religious views, we agree as far as most of our political views. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets stuck in the white guy, <laughs> in the in white guy universe a lot. And it, yeah. it's hard for him to think outside of his bubble, you know? So that's, and that's where I hope that I then come in as the opposite there and say, hey, um, but what about if you weren't? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, we're not rich. This law doesn't apply to us. Like, <laughs> we need to vote for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> that helps us. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's important to have that kind of give and take. But at the core, your values and your goals need to line up. And if it doesn't, then all the sex in the world isn't going to make it happen. Yeah. And there's always going to be that little bit of discourse that then festers and grows. So yeah, it's important to think about that. Um, and then there was the never go to bed angry thing, which was the same. Um, <laughs> and this, I'll just, I'll, I'll end with this one. Okay. Cause this is, um, this is the one that sticks in my, in my, uh, that creams my corn <laughs> <laughs> the most. Um, I am looking for someone perfect for me. He or she has to be, insert list here. No. I am looking for my prince. I need love at first sight or sparks flying. And I'm going to go vomit in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. Everyone has standards and expectations, Mm -hmm. but are they realistic? Perfection sets all of us up for failure. Expecting perfection or quote unquote sparks will only leave us disappointed. What makes others beautiful, lovable, and their true selves are their imperfections. Yeah. A relationship built on one or both people presenting their quote-unquote false selves in order to be viewed as in a perfect light makes for a very poor outcome. Mm -hmm. A healthy relationship is one that encourages both parties to be at their best and truest selves, flaws and all. Be yourself and encourage others to do the same. Yeah, there's no point in, like, hiding yourself from other people, honestly. No, and there's no point in inflicting a romance novel of expectations on the person you're trying to date. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. They're not going to just know what you need without you telling them. I mean, sometimes maybe, but, you know, it's, it's, you have to, most of the time, you have to tell people what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing about women is we want to drop hints and things like that. And that's not how life works. Yeah. You have to say it. Hey, I need attention. Hey, can you give me a hug? Hey, can you, you know, I'm crying here. Can you hug me? Like, <laughs> that's literally happened to me before with Josh. Oh. Like, hey, um, I need comfort. Could you, like, give me a fucking hug, please? Oh. <laughs> um, it says, unfortunately, we have, ex- we often have expectations that merely have roots in a movie or book. Life isn't always glamorous. It gets messy. Embrace it. You may find a more mature love in a second marriage. Yeah. The best fit and compliment for you may be the person you least expect. The best relationship for you may not be a click, but rather an evolution. Yep. I love that. And there was also, there was a moment, I used to watch Grey's Anatomy when I was younger, and there was a moment where two of the surgeons were talking to each other and... um. If you watch it, it was George and um, the super hot black surgeon. I can't think of his name. He got written off the show. Oh. Um, can't remember his name. Shit. I know the, uh, I think I know the actor's name. I think it was Isaiah Washington. Um, Dr. Somebody. The heart surgeon. Anyway, he was, George was being all prickly about people, like, and people were pissing him off all over the place, and... Uh, that guy just stopped him and said, hey, your expectations of people are too high. You expect too much. 
people are not perfect. Yeah. Your expectations are too high. You said it How was. How can anyone live up to that? And it was especially to do with like his parents and stuff. Because like parents are people too. Mm-hmm. You know? You, you can't expect perfection. We can't expect perfection. And we can't expect. We can't expect a romance. Uh, marriage is not a romance novel. That's not how it goes. Was it Preston um, Burke? Yes, Dr. Burke. Thank you. I could not think of his name. I knew the actor's name because I love him. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but um, he's really good in The 100, too, by the way, if anybody wants to jump on another post-apocalyptic show to binge. Um, <laughs> um, he just has such depth in his, in, his, uh, in his performances. I love it. He's such mm-hmm. an articulate actor. Um, but... Um, I just, that was something that always kind of, that was a quote that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we put that forward in all of our relationships. You know, um, you, you can't expect that if you haven't asked for it. Like at one point, I, I mean, I've never been a Valentine's Day person and Josh knows that. And so, you know, when we first started, I was very, when we first started dating, I was very cynical about things. And I was like, don't give me flowers. Like, there's no point. They die, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, when Valentine's Day rolled around, I was like, why don't you give me flowers ever? And he was like, you don't like flowers, remember? (laughs) Why would I do that? (laughs) So I was just like, oh, yeah, like I've put this expectation on you when I've already said that's not something I enjoy <laughs> and I just wanted you to know my mind had changed like that's bullshit yeah like, you can't you can't do that and you can't expect anyone to be perfect um you have to embrace each other for your flaws and then you have to help each other get better mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I like that yeah that was really good yeah, this was fun. Oh, also, sorry, real fast. There was another one about things being 50-50. And modern marriage is different than what our fi- parents did and our grandparents did. And it's important that we have to talk about that kind of thing and set the expectation that this is going to be 50-50. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 these are the, re- rela- these are the responsibilities that are going to be shared because I can't work full-time, be a mom full-time, and be your full-time housekeeper, personal chef, and financial advisor like you know what I mean like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to share this more and so it's important to have those conversations early too yeah so anyway yeah yeah that was really good I'm proud of us (laughs) much better the second time around (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely um shall we take a break I think so (laughs) okay hi so we're back hi (laughs) (laughs) so I have a case for you today um but first i did find a book on this case it was really hard to find any information hold up okay um it was really hard to find any information there's literally not a wikipedia article about it um i had to dig really deep to find a good article on it and the article's Mm -hmm. from 1998 um oh wow yeah but I did find a book on it. (laughs) Um, It's called Mm -hmm. In Her Own Backyard, A Perfect Husband, A Perfect Marriage, A Perfect Murder. Um, So, but I don't know that I would recommend reading it. Um, (laughs) um, It's got about a three-star rating on Amazon. (laughs) And I... Okay. The top review on the Amazon page 
was from mm-hmm. Levon, and it was one out of five stars. And she titled this Pulp Friction. Oh, no. And this was a verified That's purchase. That's really creative. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What did she say? It's been a while since I tried, with great effort, to read this book. So this review comes as an after little thought. I'm fairly certain this was the most boring piece I've ever attempted to read. There was absolutely nothing to hold my interest. (laughs) I kept it around for a while to use in case I ran out of toilet paper, then realized it wasn't even good for that. (laughs) It will be now. Yeah. But you wish you'd held on to it for toilet paper now. Yeah. (laughs) Twelve years later, she's eaten those words. So. (laughs) Yes. Um. <laughs> so if you want to read that you can but I don't know how much I would right. recommend it um, so this case was super interesting um, and it uh, it deals with uh, David Mead um, it, okay. this happened in Salt Lake City Utah okay and Ooh, Utah yeah Utah Salt Lake City. <laughs> um, Sorry. You're good. Deep Book of Mormon reference. <laughs> <laughs> so. The musical, not the book. <laughs> <laughs> so the title of this is Killer's Big Mistake, He Talked. And this is by Hans Morin, who wrote for the Desert News. Uh, Deseret News. It was published on October 29th, 1998. But I do have an update after we get through this. And it's Ooh, it's really okay. short. So, it could have been the perfect murder. The blow to the head was in just the right location to appear accidental. And then the killer managed to keep the body in the water long enough without producing obvious injuries. But David Earl Mead made a mistake. Before Pamela Camille Mead's (gasps) August 15th, 1994 death. Right? Right? Isn't it fascinating? (laughs) Um... Before Pamela Camille Mead's August 15th, 1994 death, he had spoken with three individuals about killing his wife. And it was the testimony of oh those individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be an idiot. And he, what? Um, it was the- yeah, I was going to say, that's like murder 101. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> w- what's the matter with you? That's why Joe Exotic is in prison. Yes. All he would talk about is murdering Carol Baskins. <laughs> and then he tried to pay someone to do it. Like Yes. Um It was very easy to get him to say that and do that because mm-hmm. all he would do was talk about it. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> what a dumbass. And it was the testimony of those individuals coupled with the interview interweaving nature of all the little hints that convinced an eight-member jury that David Mead caused the death of his wife. So after deliberating for three hours, um, the three-woman, five-man jury found David Mead, who was 31 at the time, guilty of murder, a first-degree felony, and solicitation of criminal homicide. A second, degree, oh, shit. Yeah, a second degree felony at the conclusion of his seven-day third district court trial. Um and at the time, what do you do? Well, I want to know what happened. <laughs> well, at the, tell me everything. I, I, I'm um, it's taken a little while for this article to get to the point, but I think it's all relevant. Um, okay. So he at the time, like he was probably going to be ordered to spend life in prison. Um, but mm-hmm. he was still claiming that he didn't do it. So, 
Um, you lost, bro. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's hard to imagine. I how- wish that I wish that I feel like who did who's who talked about this? One of the hosts of the myriad of podcasts that I listened to said something like, it should be a law that you have to tell the truth at the end of your trial, like after your verdict. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like at the end, you should, ha- like, even if you're found innocent, you should say, yeah, I fucking did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They can't do anything about it. There's double jeopardy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, like you should have to say it so that people know, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree, Just but that tell, would never you happen. Have to, you have to. Oh, I know. It'll never happen. Because, because they'd already be broken like, the law once. Why would they not do it again? Well, there's <laughs> that. And also, like, the, these people just have to win or whatever. So, yeah. it's, you know, I just, like, at the end, like, if you're found guilty, you have to be like, yeah, you guys are right. Like, I totally did it. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've made a mockery of this courtroom or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just, uh Just admit it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. That. Just take responsibility for your actions <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh goodness um it's hard to imagine how a jury would convict a man of murder when nobody saw him do it and when no hard evidence could be found at the scene that linked him to the act but a glance at the top players woven into that tapestry may show how some of the evidence came together in the minds of jurors to incriminate david mead beyond a reasonable doubt so um First, they talked to his former girlfriend, Stormy Simon. Um, she testified that I like she, that name. yeah, me too. She testified, te- well, testified that she dated Mead. <laughs> <laughs> testified that she dated Mead until he told her he was married. Then, during a bizarre phone conversation overheard by Pamela, David told Simon he was unhappily married, but that he would rather kill his wife and collect insurance money because otherwise he would lose his business. Hmm. Pamela told her family about the conversation and the Stokes were immediately suspicious of their son-in-law after their daughter's mysterious death. Defense attorney Richard Morrow countered Simon's testimony by saying it was irrelevant to the case because the alleged conversation had taken place years before the incident and because Pamela Mead had no life insurance policy at the time. No. Doesn't work like that. Nope. (laughs) Um, How about we're all gonna live by this rule um (laughs) if you don't mean it don't fucking joke about killing people yeah (laughs) how about that (laughs) so a mistress he has a lot of mistresses um because he cheated on her all the fucking time yeah i was gonna say it Um, sounds like he sucks yeah but like they wanted to he wanted to play that his marriage was perfect which is why i wanted to like delve into this case um, mm-hmm. So a mistress, Winnie mm-hmm. Walls, testified that she was David Mead's kept woman and threatened to send Pamela Mead a videotape of her and David engaged in sex acts if he did not leave his wife. Um, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mead told her he would take care of the Easy problem. killer. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Mead told her he would take care of the problem by staging a burglary at his house that, was re- that would result in Pamela Mead suffering a nasty spill. Um... Hired gun Jack Hendricks, David Mead's cousin, testified that about a week before Pamela Mead's death, David Mead sought him out, offered him $30,000 to kill his wife, and gave him about 1,060 grams of cocaine as a down payment. Hendricks, however, spent the next two weeks on a drug binge and never made good on the bargain. (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah. 
I mean, who's surprised? I mean, <laughs> you give someone 60 grams of cocaine. Um, <laughs> why would you expect them to do anything? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> refer to the uh, MFM animated <laughs> video of the cocaine hogs and the cocaine bear. No one is productive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. <coughs> Okay, so the couple's airline cleaning business became the money factor. The business was in Pamela Mead's name and was experiencing financial distress. The Stokes, who were Pamela's family, had promised to help. Divorcing Pamela Mead would have likely caused David Mead to lose the business, and this is why he told Stormy and Winnie and the others that murder was the option. Um, because mm-hmm. that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> fucking hate people. <laughs> yep. Just leave! <laughs> David means out. Yeah, you lose half your shit. That's how it works. Yeah. Good God. David Mead's alibi to police was that he had fucking grown up. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I have no patience for (laughs) this kind of nonsense. Yeah. Also, if you're not happy, don't cheat. Fucking leave. Yeah, just leave. Leave or work on it. Figure (laughs) out why you're not happy and work on it. That's your those are your choices. Don't fucking hurt people that way. Oh, my God. Yep. Ugh. All right. Um, David Mead's alibi to police was that he had been at work at the airport about the time Pamela died. Airport police confirmed through key card records that he had been at the airport at the time that he'd said. But his former employee testified that he had done the work at the airport that night and never saw David. Mm-hmm. Um. Utah's chief medical examiner, Todd Gray, testified he ruled the death a homicide after learning about the statements Walls and Hendricks had given police. Uh, Two experts testifying for the defense believed the death must have been an accident because of the lack of defensive injuries found in Pamela's body. So, one scenario placed Pamela Mead at the edge of the pond, feeding the fish as her husband had asked. Burdened by recent foot surgery, she may have lost her balance at the edge of the pond, fallen backward, and struck her head on a brick. Losing consciousness, she drowned. Another possible scenario is that the couple's dog, Baron, a 70-pound chow who likes to jump on people, may have jumped on Pamela Mead, causing her to lose balance and fall. The dog was the only witness. Don't blame shit on the dog. Yeah, no. It doesn't work when you fart, and it doesn't work when you (laughs) murder someone. (laughs) And it also wasn't the owl. No. (laughs) Just like it wasn't the fucking owl. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, um, the dog was... We need to watch that documentary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the, everybody go watch the staircase the dog was the only witness um but asked Lemke uh, as difficult as it was to walk why would Pamela Mead be doing this in a pitch dark bla- backyard perhaps Fair. the most important players were the unrelenting cop detective Jill Canlin and the stubborn prosecutor Lemke who closely watched the civil lawsuit between Mead and the Stokes over the disposition of the life insurance proceeds the court case ended in a hung jury Lemke chose to file criminal charges three years after the incident. Our question was never, did David kill Pamela? Our question was, can we put together a case and prove it to the jury? Um, Ooh. Yeah. So. I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. Though. (laughs) But. That's. 
I mean, I guess they're saying, like, there's no question he absolutely did it. Yeah. Like, the point is, can we prove it? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's what they meant. That sounded really problematic for a second. I was like, oh. It was also hmm. the 90s. Yeah, that's true. Who? How can we pin this on this guy is what that sounded like. <laughs> don't feel too oh, fucking Nick. bad Ooh. for him. Oh, yeah. He sounds... I, I, I still don't like him. I'm just saying. <laughs> So pick your words a little better there, cop. Yeah. Um so on October 19th, 2016, man admits to murdering wife more than 20 years later. In 2016? Yep. What? Yep. Wait, so he had already been through the trial? Mhm. And he was in jail. Wait, okay. Okay, yeah, so they did find him guilty? Um, eventually? Yeah, or? they did. Okay. Sorry, there was a lot going on, and you said hung jury, and... Uh, sorry, there was a... lot of information. There was I'm a, just making sure. <laughs> there so was he a was civil... found guilty in the court. Yes. And went to prison. Yes. And then 20 years later, he decided that, no, I've lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I should admit, oh my god. Yep. Um... Oh, he sucks. <laughs> this news source says um, a local man is admitting to murdering his wife after asserting his innocence for more than two decades. Um, David E. Meade claimed that his wife, Pamela, grabbed him and struck him in August 1994 after he disclosed he was having an affair. He said at a parole yeah, she hearing. better have struck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said at a parole hearing Tuesday that he then pushed her into a nearby pond. And uh, he said... Where she drowned and hit her, hit her head and drowned? Mm-hmm. He said that he didn't admit to committing the crime earlier because he was scared to go to prison. You've been in prison for 20 years! Yep. Oh, my God. What a dumbass. Yep. And you talked about how you were going to kill her. Oh, my... He sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> and that is... Hey, a- David Meads, you're the worst murderer. Yes. <laughs> And that is the story of David Mead. Ugh, gross. Yep. I'm having an affair. She slapped me. And so I got angry. And killed her. And threw her in a pond and murdered her. <laughs> like, sorry, no. That's not how that You're works. You're having an affair. And you deserve to be to get the shit slapped out of you. Yes. And you get to take it. That's how it works. And then you go get divorced. <laughs> you don't get to retaliate. Yeah, You're no. wrong. Ugh. What a dumbass. Yep. He deserves to be on the wall of stupidest criminals. Yep. Yeah. Lord in heaven. But that's my case. See what happens when you, t- <laughs> when you don't talk about things? Yeah. <laughs> When you make your marriage look perfect when it's very much not perfect. Yeah, let's all, like, agree to stop doing that shit. Yeah. You know, I'm suspicious of things that look perfect, personally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, okay, what's going on under here? Yeah. Yep. All right, you ready for a game? I am ready for a game. That was depressing. Why? Yes, it was. Let's laugh. Okay. <laughs> um, 
All right, so this is our game, you guys, um, that you know by uh, Drunk, Stoned, or Stupid, call- if you had to. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, would you rather? So I think it's your turn. No, I, it's your turn. It's my turn? Okay, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> the days are blurring. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so if you had to, would you eat a Cessna 172 plane, which is a four-seater, piece by piece, or... Oh. Um, assemble an entire warehouse of Ikea furniture. I'm going to go with the Ikea furniture. Yeah. I would, that sounds like the best day. (laughs) (laughs) I love putting Ikea furniture together. I'm a, I'm a total weirdo. I know everyone says like to test your marriage, try and put together Ikea furniture together. Yeah. Why would you do that? (laughs) I just want to do it alone. It's like Legos for adults. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. um, But that plane reminds me. um, My therapist, her dad, apparently he was a firefighter um, and lived around the area when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And he has two pieces of Flight 93 in his house. Of the plane? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, he has a quarter and he has like a sliver of the plane. Wow, way to bring it down even further. Um, No, sorry. I just thought it was really cool. (laughs) That is really cool. That's interesting. Um, I don't know how to follow that. Thank you for listening. (laughs) I don't know how to follow that. (laughs) I don't know what to do. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you're continuing to stay safe and stay home. Please don't listen to our moron of a president. He has no idea what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And if he fires Anthony Fauci, we're all fucked. Yeah. So, um, he also hired his daughter to to your, yeah, continue um, to listen to your daughter, your daughter. Listen to me. I'm trying to talk, uh, (laughs) continue to listen to your governor. And then what were you going to say? He, um, put his daughter on the team to decide when to open up the economy again. Yeah. She's qualified. Yeah. Um, she's fucking not, nobody's, (laughs) nobody knows what they're doing. And this has been a travesty and, a lot of people are going to die because of it. So make sure you're taking it seriously and getting your news from reliable sources that do not include our president or his administration. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.